Yo, yo, yo. Oh my God, I started off with a yawn. Yo, 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 all right, all right, all right. Hey, okay, so I'm back. Back after, actually not too long since I did the last episode, maybe a week, a week and a little bit. But um, I finished Queen of the South. So that's what we're talking about. I'll talk about a little bit of this past weekend. A little bit of a, a coronavirus update. So California. Let's start with that. California is back sort of under lockdown. Um, it's just kind of, you know... I agree with our governor. I agree with the process. It's about saving lives, you know? It's about not overrunning the hospitals. It's about, you know, just to me, you know, America hasn't really had, you know, a great war. I know we had the Revolutionary War and the Civil War, but we haven't had like a world war event take place in our country. And we haven't had a Black Plague. We haven't had you know certain calamities happen to us that has happened to most of Europe most of Asia and the Middle East you know it just hasn't happened here because we're still young we're only 300 and some odd years old I don't even might be not even might not even right 200 and something 300 year odd years I think some of the biggest calamities that have happened to the United States, obviously 9-11, this global pandemic, the the market recession that happened, the Great Depression. But the Great Depression wasn't really even felt because it was only concentrated in one little area and you could live off the land in those days. So now that we're an entity now, like this... COVID-19 shit is hitting us rather hard because just a lot of people take into consideration or they take for granted that America was at one point maybe the greatest nation on earth. We haven't faced these things as a nation yet. We just haven't. We're still babies to this shit. And I know people say, well, what about the Spanish flu? Yeah, but that was back in the days and say you could disappear to Arizona and not talk to nobody and live off the land. And the Spanish flu would have been like, hell, wow, damn, that shit happened. You know, but it's not like it is today. Uh, It's nowhere near. Now it's our first real pandemic. We don't have the leadership all the way at the top to handle it. That's been, you know, a student of the game as far as, you know, history books and stuff. We don't, we just don't have the leadership in place to handle this situation. There's no calming voice at the top. This is still, well, we're doing so many tests. Of course, there's so many positives. Well, duh. Uh, You're finding out that, like, everybody has it. Everybody. Now it's like, so-and-so got sick. And a lot of, and there's still a lot of disbelief from the general population. They still think this is fake, that they cannot die from it. But, you know, 
it's just one of those things like this hasn't happened to us as a nation yet and now we're going through it and we are the worst nation on the planet by and large part because of the leadership but also because of us as you know us as a, as a country just we're so we not we've never been had this happen to us a hundred years from now when they look back at the text and they're gonna wonder why we didn't really care or the population didn't care nobody's gonna really know why but people are gonna say you know what it was one of the very first times that everybody in America got hit with an illness it's not the case in Europe it's not the case in, in Asia it's just not they've been rocked by other plagues in the past and they've dealt with it accordingly and they know there's there's a road in place an avenue where they know exactly what needs to be done we don't ha- we didn't have that here we scrambled in the beginning uh, California just said you know what everybody just stay the fuck home until we get a handle on it we thought we had a handle on it nobody really was you know adhering to the rules so many people walking around without masks and walking around just brazenly not caring and yet here we are again with a lot of outbreaks we're back under this you know you can't eat inside any restaurant there's no bars open no movies no concerts no nothing and now it's like hey wear your fucking mask and a lot of people are like they just don't want to do it it's just and it's like, well, you're taking away our freedoms. If I want to be without a mask, if I want to eat a burger, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, to me, I put COVID like cigarettes. If you light up a cigarette in a room, I can fucking smell it. You need to get the fuck out the room. Or go smoke with people that like to smoke. It's the same fucking thing. Same concept. Just don't fucking smoke. And there won't be a fucking problem in most places. You know. Put your fucking mask on. There won't be a problem in most places. You know. COVID is just like cigarettes. And probably just as deadly. I would think. And we have all kinds of laws and regulation. And taxes and campaigns. Against big tobacco. Big tobacco and this COVID-19 shit is kicking our ass because we got leaders at the top I wouldn't even say they're leaders we got people at the top that just don't really care they don't care about the science they don't care about you know they think it's just gonna go away and you know Donald doesn't even wear a mask so you know and he you know, he he gets tested and he gets all of his people tested. And uh But he don't know wearing a mask, so I mean all his people gotta get tested and I don't know if he's getting tested. But I don't think he's getting tested, so you know, but I think he thinks he can beat it, so whatever the case may be, you know. But we just don't have anybody at the top saying this that everything and much to the 
chagrin the people that actually care, thinking about possibly killing their grandmother or their weakened, you know, ill cousin. You know, just so many people don't care. They're just not caring about it. So, you know, we're back on lockdown. And I think the United States is going to be reeling from this disease for a long time just because, you know, Trump is where he's at and most of his most of his squad just doesn't care and you know if he continues to be the president and he goes four more years well, we could be at this thing for a decade you know what I mean we could be reeling really reeling from this for like the better part of a decade it could actually cripple the fuck out of the United States to the point of Desperation and annihilation. And, you know, you read it, you heard, you read about it. A lot of people read about great plagues and famines that struck the Middle East, struck Egypt, that ravaged Rome, that ravaged uh, all kinds of, that happens all the time. You know, the plagues ravaged. You know, the droughts ravaged this continent and people never recovered. Uh, if the powers that be, you know, elect Trump, we could head down that road to where we may never, we may, we may have, we may have already killed our economy and now we're going to literally kill off everybody else, you know. So it is what it is. You know, that's that's going on on that on that end. The COVID updates. Uh, and, uh, yeah, moving on. Queen of the South. Season... Oh, fuck, I think it's either season three or four. I think it's season four. Uh, New Orleans. The New Orleans chapter. You got... Teresita, I don't remember exactly. What, I know she became the boss at the end of season three after she was done. Her and Camila were going back and forth for like season one and two. Actually, season one was Teresa's uh, escape. Season two, she's actually working with Camila a little bit and Epifanio a little. I think a little bit. And in season three, it's just a tussle between them two. She goes and sets up her coke lines. She goes and gets, you know, Potes recruited all the way. So it's James. Uh, the exile Kellyanne. And I think at the end of season three, uh, they kill the general. They fucking... Camilla, they move her all the way out the way. Basically, Teresa squares away. I think it's Arizona in Texas a little bit. And, like, she's now reaching the stride of, like, making real money and real progress. Um... And then it picks up on this season where I think they moved their operations to New Orleans. Uh, I didn't 
know that they went to New Orleans uh, at the end of season three. But this one starts up in New Orleans in season four. And I think they like it because it's close to the beach. They get a direct line up the East Coast. Um, I don't know. They just started off in New Orleans. Maybe they just randomly picked it. I'm not 100% sure. But in the beginning of the season, uh, they set up shop. Teresa opens up a bar, which she uses as a front for her Siete Gotas uh, tequila distillery. But it's the tequila is actually vodka or actually uh, cocaine. Uh, it looks like tequila. It actually tastes like tequila, but it contains coke in it. And, uh, you know, they got the perfect cover for how to ship cocaine legally throughout everywhere. And so one of the very first things they do is they try to... She wants to get a trucking company to ship the product, like, all the way up the coast... You know, so she finds this company called the Salernos, Salerno Trucking. And that's kind of where her problems start. The Salernos are, they're willing to sell, actually willing to sell her the company, but they're indebted to some other shysty motherfucker. And that guy, Marcel Dumas, and a couple of them, like, really make themselves present at that point like they're like you know we're not gonna allow no Mexicans in here you know who the fuck you know Marcel Dumas is like you know you got some nerve rolling into New Orleans you know mostly black community and just trying to like move weight around so there's a little tussle for power in the very beginning and then the mayor no or the they call him the judge the judge, which I'm assuming he's like either like he's some top political player in New Orleans, but he's the crooked one. He's the one behind the scenes pulling all the strings, and it becomes very evident that he's he he immediately demands a tax. He wants like ten thousand dollars for something, uh, and he demands it from Teresita, and he's like, "Well, if you plan on staying here." And get that liquor license, you know, you know, about to pay up ten grand. And then he gets he gets word that she's trying to buy the trucking company and then he's like, Well, you now he figures out like, okay, they're moving drugs, so he demands a tax on that and there's some beef a little bit with um, Dumas and Teresita in the beginning even they run through about midways is they're beefing uh, Marcel wants a, a piece of the action uh, she sets up a connection with some guy called is some Cuban but I don't fucking for, I forgot his name I don't want to say it's El Gordo I think it's El Gordo. Uh, but he's some skinny motherfucker. But he's... He's also like... A top dog in moving cocaine. And... And other things. So... All of this is going on. All of this is going on. And... Product is being... Like money is coming in left and right. She lets Pote buy a house. 
you know, they come across Kellyanne and fucking, I can't think of the kid's name off the top of my head. But that's a little bit of one episode too. They, they go find the kid because people are trying to kill him. Uh, people from the cartels. They're unsuccessful. Pote saves. Uh, I think it's Juan or something like that. They save him. And if they find out Kellyanne's alive and he, she's been helping him hide. So he brings him back. You know, Kellyanne is right there just chilling like... You know, she's kind of hesitant to meet meet up with Teresita. Um, and it's just like... There's a little bit of tension there. Pote's hiding out, looking out for... Um, Pote actually thought she was dead. Everybody thought she was dead. James was actually supposed to kill her, but I guess he did. He didn't. Uh, but yeah, the story moves along. You know, they square away. She actually squares away. Dumas. Did I see the squares away? Dumas. She squares away. El Gordo for the time being, and she squares away the judge. And it's running smoothly up until the point that fucking Boaz. And Boaz's primo, I don't know his fucking name off the top of my head. Fucking kill the judge's nephew and the nephew's friend. Uh, that's when shit starts getting haywire. I think his name is Javier. Javier fucking betrays everybody. He gets his fucking cousin's ex-wife new lover <laughs> he gets her fucking killed um because he had her he had her help him move the judge's nephew's body which I think the guy's name was Renee uh him and Boaz fucking slaughter that guy in the bathroom they bleached the fuck out of the bathroom uh and they know, you know, Teresa and Pote know something's up, but they refuse to say what happened. And you know, the body is in back of the in back of a car at a tow yard. And Javier goes to fucking move that car, and then he torches it to hide the evidence. And the judge has this crooked ass cop named Randall, and they fucking. Are like applying pressure to everybody. They're trying to find out who the fuck did this. And they track down Javier's fucking love affair wife, Emilia. They, uh, they, well, I don't think they torture her too much, but she gives them like some bare minimum info like, oh, my boyfriend, it was my boyfriend's car, yada, yada, yada. And then the judge's actual son goes and saves her. But they only get down the street And then Randall comes and he fucking Blasts Amelia Buries her in the middle of the fucking Jungle that is New Orleans In the swamps And that's the end of her story Meanwhile Boaz And Javier don't know what happened to her But Because All of that happened 
Teresita believes that Dumas's people kidnapped Javier and Boas, and she kidnaps one of Dumas's people. They fucking kill him on accident, and then they end up killing Birdie, which was a cool character. Birdie, the bartender lady. Dumas's people end up shanking the fuck out of her, and Dumas and and Birdie and uh, George had like a little affair. So George's kind of butthurt about it. Later, like at, towards the end, he finds out that Dumas killed Birdie. But meanwhile, all that's going on, and Teresa has a love affair with some fucking guy that's a, like in a jazz band. You know, they cut to him, they date a little bit, they take off to Houston, I believe, to go watch him play. Um, so the love affairs are happening left and right eventually down the road like I forget what episode it is but El Gordo says that some fucking guy named Cheo turned rat and is gonna go to the feds and squeal on Teresa Cheo Oksana and like take down this whole cocaine empire because he's entering witness protection so it comes to be that they try to fucking kill this guy and the the plan is just like fucking shit for shit for Stu it's just it's not even a plan at all you know it's like the worst plan you could probably think of they plan to blow up the vehicle with all kinds of people involved. And, you know, it's just... It's the worst plan ever. Unfortunately Unfortun- for Teresita, Pote, and Co. The plan doesn't go through. They try to get, in- get him in prison. Javier goes to prison for a second. And it doesn't, doesn't happen there. They end up getting his family. And telling the family, look... Either he stays quiet or you guys have got to go. And so they convinced Cheo not to rat. El Gordo is fucking pissed because they killed one of these guys. Uh, that guy was kind of crazy to begin with. They. There's some eternal beef. There's some eternal beef. Between Teresita and El Gordo. And Oksana's like right in the middle. And. Teresa tells. Oksana to pick between him and El Gordo. And she does. And they fucking blast El Gordo in a hotel. Like. Right in the fucking head. Just fucking. Shoot the fuck out of him. Kill his ass off. And uh. Yeah, just that moves on to the next part. Teresa is like Teresa's got Oksana, which she's Oksana, she's Russian. So now, okay, El Gordo ran kind of Miami or Florida, and Teresa, within a blink of an eye, controlled New Orleans, Houston, Arizona. 
Sinaloa and fucking basically Florida. It wasn't in stone yet, but pretty much. They had to go wipe out the other guy, uh, El Gordo's nephew, which they immediately take him over and like... Well, actually, they actually think he killed... In, in all of this, uh, Teresa's nephew... Juan or whatever his name was you know he wanted to kill Pote because Pote killed his dad uh, but he's actually was like recovering from his life and he gets blown up in a fucking bomb attack that was set up actually by the judge but nobody knew that so you know Boaz hey, Boaz Javier Teresa Pote and a bunch of them are in in Louisiana. Boaz assumes control for a minute while Teresita is down. She wakes up and she's on a bloody warpath. She wants fucking everybody dead. Like she kills Gordo. She kills. She ends up in going finding out that. Well, actually, the judge. She kills the rednecks that had helped blow blow up the uh, the car that her godson was in and then the judge uses the rednecks to squeal and said hey the Cubans set, set you up and then they go she goes and kills the, the El Gordo's nephew I think as well and she basically runs Miami now like she leaves Miami to Boaz you know, with an iron fist, and she controls uh, yeah, the entire southern belt and the entire east coast. Uh, towards the very last little bit, they find out that Javier is the one that killed Renee. Uh, the judge takes hostage Oksana. And, you know, they want to trade. Trade. It's Oksana for Javier. And, you know, that's their last dance with him. Boaz is in Miami. They get Oksana. The judge gets... uh, He gets Javier. And they want to kill him the same way he killed Renee. They beat the shit out of him. And they're going to set him on fire. Now, when they do that, the judge is real happy, but Randall's the one setting him on fire. And because he handcuffed him, he goes and jumps on Randall's back. You know, gets the handcuff under his neck, pulls him into the car, and they both burn to shit. They both burn alive. Uh, Javier takes Randall out. And the judge is left with only his son. His son commits suicide. And the judge is left in shambles. Uh, I don't see the judge making a play anymore against Teresa because there's nothing but chaos that follows. Uh, and now that she's set up at some, some, at the end of it, Kellyanne is running the books. Pote is running like everything. George comes back. They're at, they're finished off the wars. 
Boaz is controlling Miami and they just set up like she waves a finger and it's fucking done her lover comes back after they broke up and he asks her like what's going on like you were somebody blew up a car with you were supposed to be in it but your nephew was in it you know you were in the hospital there's all kinds you were in the news and she tells him look I don't run a a tequila company Uh, I run a drug cartel and I just looking at her like fuck like and she's just brazen about it like you know I run a drug cartel like she runs the drug cartel you know in the very last second James of all people been missing all season shows up he's shot in the stomach and he says they're coming for her but he doesn't elaborate on who kind of leaves on a cliffhanger I want to say if anybody's coming for her it's probably possibly uh, I don't think it's the cops Uh, it's got to me. It's got to be another rival cartel, or it's got to be um, fuck. I, I want to say it's probably could be the Russians because Oksana got kidnapped. You know, they have her attention now. You know, she's on their radar, so it could be. But, I mean, I don't know. James Cannon kind of showed up out of nowhere. I feel like he's going to end up betraying... Um, Teresita and Pote and company. In the end. So... You know, it's been a long trend. Like, she can't actually be... The higher she goes, the worse it gets for her personally. Uh, you know, Teresita is an interesting character from where she started... She started just as survival, but she still had the friend. She still had, you know, her lover. She still had the second lover. But as soon as she got involved with Camila, you know, that went away. You know, and then she became powerful and more pieces fell to the wayside. And now she's this big boss. Uh, No direct family. She can't actually have anybody love her. Because they'll use that person to get to her. And she's surrounded by killers. So I don't really know if Teresita's going to have a moment of any sort of levity, any sort of happiness on the back end of things. I I could only see whoever she is involved with, both is going to die probably. Boaz, you know, I don't know, like, Boaz seems more like the one, if anybody, who's going to come out on top, even though he's more scumbaggish and dirtbaggish, he's the one that's actually more set up for, like, a war, to me, he's crazy enough, he just doesn't care enough, and he can kill anybody without flinching, even though he, he 
tips his hat to Teresita's basically Teresita is the opposite of Boaz and I think that's kind of I think that's kind of portrayed I think that comes off in the series very well Boaz comes in with an all black guns, the cowboy hat he drinks tequila he wants to get drunk and party and Teresita at the end you see her all white you know pure business low key, no guns she wants to run the business a certain way. And they're, they're at two opposite ends. And I, and I believe Teresita can't be happy. And I think Boaz is going to end up being the victor somehow. Uh, I don't see them squaring off against each other. But I just see the two different styles clashing. Uh, and eventually one will take over the other one completely. One is not going to be there. And I actually think Boaz will because he's more... Uh, He's more of a boss than... And he's already said he's been through numerous wars. Numerous betrayals. So many different things. And he's a, he's a well-seasoned veteran of the game. And Teresita just kind of running this on a limb. But with all her experience... You know, it's hard to pick against her. But I just don't see there being a happy ending like... It's got it's gotten so far now. The story has gotten to the point where there's no easy answer for anything she does. As a matter of fact, this this season four was stressful. Like every episode, I felt stressed. Like oh fuck, like she got to kill this person. They're making her kill that person. They fucking blew up her godson. Now she's on a fucking murderous rampage. Uh. Her insight onto things is not kind of there. They're making her break all the rules that she kind of set in place that she don't want to do. And it's just like I, I just don't see, I don't see a happy ending coming down the road. I, you know, there's no escape. She kind of already s- said, you know what? The only way we're gonna get through this is become so powerful that nobody can touch us. And that's kind of Tony Montana-ish. You know, that's Godfatherish. You could become so powerful that nobody can touch you. But it seems like every time they do touch you, it gets worse and worse. Like, you know, Pacino in The Godfather learned the hard way. They took his kids from him. He took his, they took his, but they took his whole family from him. You know, and they left him with absolutely nothing at the end. Just to, become an old man and die in, you know, in Italy. But all that hard work he put in, all that killing, living in New York, living overseas, after everything he did, his life came down to feeding pigeons. Uh, he never became part of the whatever big organization he put a lot of money towards. Um, he just never did it. Like, he never, he never got to that plateau of happiness and I just kind of feel that Teresita Pobrecita is not is the same she's going down she's heading down the same avenue as all the other crime lords of past stories you know drug overlords warlords you know the only silver lining that could possibly she is a woman 
So her story is a little bit different than most of her predecessors. Um, so maybe they slip us all one and, you know, maybe she does dive off somewhere into the, the great yonder and disappears off the face of the earth, you know, without a trace. We don't know this. We'll never, we're not, uh, only the writers know this. Only the, hopefully, I, I believe they, season four was good. I believe season five, whenever that one, and maybe even season six, if it goes that long, um, or seven, you know, they're gonna, they're eventually gonna wrap this story up and we're gonna get the, the ending that we deserve. Because right now, she's at the, she's one or two rungs from the tippy top. I think the only thing in her way right now is the Russians are in the way. Um, perhaps the judge is still in her way, but she shouldn't be. And the other vine drug cartels that are out there are probably in the way. But it's not many people in the way. It's very, very few. And very, very, uh, slightly very, very little bit of people are in her way. Uh, but then again, that doesn't secure, that doesn't secure peace. Uh, there might not be no peace for Teresita. That's where I'm at. And that, you know, that's my season four wrap about it. Like I said, I, I thought it was really good. I, every episode was fucking stressful. Uh, I don't know how the season is doing in real life because I'm not watching it. I watch it on Netflix. But I, I got nothing but good, you know. It's a good, it's a good, you know, it's a very good uh, story. I, I, I watched all those episodes. It took me like two weekends to watch it. Uh, once I got the ball rolling on this, you know, I, I didn't stop watching it until I finished it. Um, but yeah, Queen of the South Season 4 was fucking fantastic. Um, switching gears, I watched, uh, on Disney Plus I've watched At World's End. Um, now I'm not gonna get into At World's End. But I, I did watch At World's End and I watched Civil War. Those are what I've been watching on Disney Plus. Um I wanna just talk briefly about At World's End and Dead Man's Chest. I I, I firmly believe that Dead Dead Man's Chest is better than At At World's End. However, I mean, it's a close one too. With the with the very first Curse of the Black Pearl, uh, to me that's the eh, that's the end one. That's the one I don't really watch. It's the one I don't really care for. I I think Dead Man's Chest was so good that it carries at World's End, perhaps the beginning until Jack Sparrow shows up. That carries that whole story up until he shows back up midways. And then the ending, the whole, from when Jack shows up to the end is phenomenal. I mean, but at, but at Dead Man's Chest, Jack Sparrow's in it from jump to to the end. And I believe that's, uh, 
you know, that's just that. I think that's the superior of the two. Now, it's not saying like I'm not saying that you know, Dead Man's just don't watch a no, or uh, at World's End don't watch a no. At World's End is it's a phenomenal ending to a trilogy. Uh, I'm probably gonna watch the fourth one because I haven't. I've seen it a few times, but I haven't really. I didn't really do it. It's just. It's just. You know, it's justice to watching it. Um, but yeah, at World's End. Uh, it's some of the best scenes in all of. You know, Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, especially when they go, they go back to find Jack, and they wake up on the, on the shores of the locker with him. And he sits there and tells them, "Why should I sail with any of you? Four of you have tried to kill me in the past. One of you succeeded." And you know what? The, to me, that's just, you know, that's just. It's amazing, like... If they couldn't have gone... Johnny Depp actually fucking totally nailed... That, uh... That role. And all the subtle... Nuances that he's got. The subtle... You know... The vibe he gets off of the character. Because he does not... To me, Johnny Depp isn't actually a pirate. However... You know... There's a big however. He does the role so well and brings that character so much to life that, like, if I were to go back to how the pirates were, you know, I would probably be more inclined to be like, hey, where is the Jack Sparrow of, where is the Johnny Depp of the fucking pirates instead of the, already matey. Like, Johnny Depp is far from that version of a pirate. Um, and I was, I was talking about this. I don't really know if Jack Sparrow, and they even talk about it a little bit in that world's end. Does he make this up as he goes or do you think he's actually got a grand plan? I think Sparrow, I mean, and that's the question that I, I, I've been wrestling with for a couple days now. At the end of At World's End, he tells Beckett, you know, without me, if you kill me here, you don't have a pirate that could go into Shipwreck Cove and then bring the pirates out of Shipwreck Cove. He did that on the fly to save his own life, but I actually think he wanted them to come out so that way he could get on. Davy Davy Jones' ship. I think he, you know, in his search for immortality, because that's what he wants to be, he's the immortal Jack Sparrow. He doesn't want to die anymore. Um, but it's hard. It's it'd be hard. There's so many moving pieces. It's hard for to me for him as a lone, you know, a lone fucking pirate to have. I want to say politicked his way 
aboard Davy Jones' ship and to get and stab the heart and the key and have all the pieces in place. Meanwhile, the East Indian Trading Company and Beckett had control of it and were using it to... So, Jack Sparrow was not only double-crossing, he had like seven crosses to get to where... I mean, and that, and that all de- depended on... Um, the compass, it depends on William Turner, depended on, you know... Miss Swan getting to be the Pirate King. I mean, it's just Jack Sparrow's. I, I, I mean, I don't really know if it's luck. I don't think it's luck because you have to have some idea of how to get to where you gotta go. It, it, I don't think he made it up the whole time. I think he genuinely knew. Okay, if I do this and that, I can, I can get aboard. I could do it. Like I could get on. To something here. Um, beyond that, <clears throat> you know, at, at World's End, this to me is phenomenal, especially when they release Calypso. You know, they uh, Maelstrom forms uh, when they come across the Kraken's dead body. Uh, when the Black Pearl and the Flying Dutchman, you know, pull up on the Endeavor and fucking blast it to shit, like, and Beckett is just right there, he was like, oh, fuck, like, he knew he fucked up, like, uh, as soon as they both pulled up on them, you know, and that's, that's the other thing, I don't know, I don't know if that was a pl- part of the plan, as for Jack Sparrow but I think I kind of think it was I thought he I think he felt he was going to become part of the ship uh, Davy Jones' ship and blast the endeavor to fucking smithereens like he was going to be the one to do it kill off the competition kill off the pirates and become the ruler of the seas as it was Um, but either way they fucking they hammered Beckett ship they just fucking two ships pulled up on him and they fucking fired the cannonballs they fucking sunk his shit you know all of that politicking that went on just for him to fail and William Turner ended up with the ship and Jack Sparrow getting robbed again by Barbosa of a ship you know it's a phenomenal movie uh, again, I watched Civil War as well. Uh, it, had been, it had been a while since i seen Civil War. But I didn't realize now watching Civil War now versus when I watched it when I did watch it in the movie theaters. I gotta say, there's a lot going on in that movie. You get the introduction of Black Panther. You get an introduction of Spider-Man. Uh... You get the disassembling of the Avengers. You get... You know... You get a lot of stuff. There's, you know... 
the Winter Soldier story in it. There's Iron Man story in it. There's a Captain America story in it. There's a Spider Man. There's a Black Panther story in it. There's like you, you, I forgot that they try to set up Bucky as the bomber of T'Challa's father, and uh, and I forgot that that was all part of the winter. This the how does Zemo Zemo's plan to fucking break up the Avengers was to use the Winter Soldiers story and his uh, background against the Avengers themselves and tear apart Tony and Iron Man uh, there is a lot going on and then you get like I said you get the introduction of Spider-Man as well like you know it's to me it's just like look I'm like damn they squeezed all of that into one movie that's insane bro that's like Four different. That could have been four other movies in in and of itself. Uh, but I seen what Marvel was doing. They were like, you know, we're we're gonna get this all in one movie. Like we got other movies. We don't got time to stretch this one out two or three more years. And thank God they didn't, because if Endgame was waiting till now, like you know, if Endgame didn't come out when it came out, we would be would be waiting till 2021, 2022. 2023 for Endgame like how they broke apart Civil War into other movies uh, but like I said it was phenomenal man I watched that I watched that I was you know I hadn't watched it in its entirety I watched pieces of it on TV I watched it I probably watched it like a year or two ago uh, but I hadn't watched it recently. I just watched it now, and I'm like, I was like, damn, there's a. I didn't remember. I forgot all about that fucking book that controlled Bucky <laughs> and the, the Siberian fucking Death Chan, as it were, the fucking Homecoming Freight Car One, whatever they were telling him, and it would reset his mind to kill her. Um. Uh, you know, I forgot that this that fucking Iron Man was scrapping with both Captain America and the Winter Soldier late in the movie, and much to Iron Man's chagrin, uh, he damn near beats both of them. Uh, he blows off Bucky's arm. He fucks up Cap, and then if it isn't for if it, if it wasn't for Bucky, you know, jamming up Iron Man and, you know, I, I think Iron Man could have whipped. He could have whipped Captain America's ass by single-handedly, but it, been, it, wasn't, a, it wasn't an even fight to begin with. Um, but yeah, I mean, that movie's phenomenal too, man. Uh, where am I going after this? I'm watching The Order. I started watching The Order. I watched the first two episodes. I got like eight or nine more to go. Or twelve more to go. Uh, and so far so good. The Order is already... The first two episodes of season two is almost better than the entire season one. Uh, season one, they took a while to start explaining things. Like I want to say like three or four or five episodes. And then it, 
it caught traction at the end to where I was like, oh shit, like, here we go. And then it just, it like, the story ends. Now, season two is on the cusp of something great. I gotta watch it. That's what I'm watching. Uh, I've watched also The Old Guard. I kind of want to talk about that one, but I kind of don't because I would need to watch it again. Um, but if you haven't seen The Old Guard on Netflix, I highly recommend it. Charlie Theron is phenomenal. She may or may not be immortal anymore. Uh, but you know, I mean, The Old Guard was good. It was very, very good. Um, what else have I watched? I think that's it. Uh, maybe I'll do a review of the Olga, but I gotta watch it again. I, I I missed a lot of stuff. I watched it. Um, I kind of got it. I, I I actually liked it. I just I want to watch it again because I feel like I'm I kind of miss key things about the story, or maybe I'm just I, I felt like. I kind of feel like when I watched The Old Guard, like I was, I didn't know what I was getting into, so I just watched it, and then I was like, oh, like, shit, like, like, it's over, and I didn't really, like, pay too much in into detail about it, but maybe I'll watch it again, and I'll be able to talk in depth about it, um, I could po- possibly do that this week, you know, um, but yeah, that's it for this episode. I mean, I, I'm gonna watch the order. Maybe I'll do the order and the old guard together in, a, in an episode. Maybe in, you know a week from now when I finish the order. Uh, but what? Awesome! I'm excited. What else comes out this? I think this month. Uh, something else comes out. I was kind of excited for it. Maybe not too excited, but I was like, oh, yeah, I'll watch it. But yeah, the definitely. Uh, definitely maybe on the next episode we'll get to talking The Order and The Old Guard the Netflix movie which was which was really good um, but yeah that that's it for this episode guys I'll catch you on the next one <sighs> laters